I'm Bailey, and on this week's episode of Popcorn Junkie, we celebrate our third anniversary, as well as review the highly anticipated Captain Marvel. So without further ado, let's get started. I'm not going to fight your war. I'm going to end it. I'm going to split this into two uh, parts. Main, the main one being my initial thoughts without any spoilers. And then afterwards, um, just in case anybody hasn't seen it yet, I'm going to give a spoiler alert and go into the more intricate details and talk about my thoughts and how they connect with the Marvel Cinematic Universe as it is now. Uh, so for right now, I'll say this. Captain Marvel is right behind Iron Man as one of the best solo origin movies. You know, compare this to like Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Thor, uh, e- even uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. They all kind of... The, you know, this was this is better than most of those, but it's just not. I would say Iron Man is better than this. It's more, it's tighter. It's it's a it's a much better introduction to a character. But Captain Marvel is a fantastic introduction to her character. It's just uh, it suffers a bit from prequelitis, I'll say, and I'll get into that in the spoilers. But um, the you know the premise as a, as has been shared is this is, takes place in the nineties. And it's a full-on 90s throwback. And uh, what ha- what is going on here is uh, Carol Danvers had been has been, is already introduced as being um, a soldier in the Kree Empire, fighting alongside Jude Law, who is not actually playing Marvel as I thought. I thought he was going to be the one playing Marvel, and turns out he's playing somebody. I'll let me pull up his character name, Captain. Marvel film. He's his character's name is Yon Rog, who is another Cree um, character from the comic books. Um, Military commander whose weakness is his jealousy of the accomplishments of others and his love for the medic Una. He is sent to supervise a troublesome planet Earth. He is primarily a foe of Captain Marvel, specifically the Carol Danvers version, and was indirectly responsible for the transformation into Miss her transformation into Ms. Marvel. Okay, okay, so that's where he comes from in the comics, so that's kind of the role he plays in here. Um, yeah, Carol is already. Carol is going by the name uh, Verse, uh, and is a soldier within the Cree military. And after a and and she's fighting the Cree Scroll War. And after one of their mission goes south, she ends up heading towards uh, I forget what their designation was for it, uh, but basically planet Earth. And she's at fight, going after the scrolls who are apparently seeking a high, a a a a highly um, like a light speed engine sort of thing. And uh, 
she's told not to not to go after it by uh, Yon Rog and the other Kree, but she her gut instinct is to stop the scroll before they get access to this light speed engine. And when she lands on Earth, it's the nineties, and uh, she is starting to uh, and she runs into. Uh, early on, S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, Nick Fury, and Phil Coulson. And along the way, uh, Fury kind of sees the scrolls for himself, so he, so he realizes what exactly he's in for. And the two, and he teams up with, uh, uh, Carol Danvers, uh, no, going by Verse at this point, uh, and trying to figure out not only about this Lightspeed engine, but, uh, also, find, figuring out uh, her own backstory, like what is her thing? Because uh, they they uh, tease at the beginning that the supreme intelligence uh, um, t- uh, takes the form of whatever you admire most, whomever you admire most, and uh, and the person that the supreme intelligence took control took uh, took the form of. Uh, Verse didn't recognize her at all. And she's trying to figure out who this person, the Supreme Intelligence, took the form of. As well as figure out what exactly is going on. Because she knows she has this connection to Earth. But she doesn't know how. And in the... Fo- and, and in... And as all this goes on, you know... The secrets start to get revealed. And we also get some teases into... Uh, the, you know, other Marvel t- ties into other Marvel stuff, but uh, suffice to say that yeah, this is a actual. This is a gen. This is a fantastic movie. Uh, I personally would give it a four out of five, four and a half out of five stars. You know, nine out of ten. Like I said, I think the prequel stuff, the stuff that they the the, and I'll get into that more in the spoilers. But suffice to say that when you're trying to do a prequel story as a lead up to a already established story and you're forced to almost explain how things got to where they were. That always kind of, that always kind of limits you. It always feels like, okay, yeah, it feels like an obligation. But at the same time, like, Brie Larson is fantastic because Carol Danvers. She nails the character perfectly. Uh, the scroll designs are are solid, and I think what they do with the scrolls is go- is really cool and interesting. Um the aging, the retro aging effects that they do for Sam Jackson and Clark Gregg as young Nick Fury and uh, Phil Coulson is fantastic. And like, uh, like Sam Jackson looks like he could have almost walked off the set of Die Hard with a Vengeance in this. But uh, yeah, the the cosmic stuff is fun. The the, the action sequences are cool, uh, the, especially the climactic ones featuring Carol full on uh, uh, embracing her powers. It's great. Um, they introduce some neat characters. Uh, there's another side character that gets introduced uh, in the form of let me let me see your name. Uh, see if I can. Uh, Maria Rambo is the mother who's the mother of Monica Rambo. Monica Rambo being another one of the being um, one of the other uh, Captain Marvels. Uh, and, uh, later on, she goes by names like Photon, Pulsar, Spectrum, a lot of similar powers to, uh, Captain Marvel, to the actual Captain Marvel from Marvel Comics, 
very light, you know, light based power, light energy based powers. But um, yeah, here they introduce her as like uh, a, 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 a sort of niece sort of character, where it's like she calls her Aunt Carol and whatnot. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, but this was one of those things where it's like in between uh, Marvel being killed and the. And the and the uh, ascension and Carol's ascension into the title Captain Marvel. Monica Rambeau was one of the um, other other characters in the Marvel universe to hold the mantle Captain Marvel. Now you think she she was the one that followed immediately after Marvel's death, but uh, yeah. So I think uh, introdu- setting her up kind of like how they you know set up um, Cassie Lang as well, Scott Lang's daughter, who becomes a superhero in the comics. I think that's I think that's neat, especially since this since this is set in the '90s. We're gonna cut ahead 20 years later into the into the present, and we could just as easily get uh, Monica Rambeau uh, becoming a superhero, a la a la you know Photon Pulsar, however the Spectrum, however they uh, whatever title they choose for her, she could in a future either like Captain Marvel 2 or something else uh she could just as easily uh be reintroduced as an adult uh being and be a uh, be a uh, another and gain superpowers like uh her aunt Carol. Um So yeah, there's a lot of neat stuff and of course there's all uh kinds of all manner of uh hidden hidden easter eggs and whatnot. But it's a it's a lot of fun. I genuinely this, this I would say that um that uh, How to Train Your Dragon three is better. It's still it hasn't beaten that as my favorite movie of the year. But this is definitely it's going to take a lot to knock this out of my top seven for the year. Uh, it's a it's a one of the better origin movies, and it keeps itself from being the best by feeling the need to explain stuff from the Marvel universe. And be it suffers a bit from the prequelitis, which I'll get into. But as it stands, it is definitely one of the. If, if Carol Danvers was going to be the new face of the MCU, since uh, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. and a bunch of the other guys want to step down and take a break, I absolutely am fine with Brie Larson uh, hold, carrying the mantle of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe for now, because she's proven that she's capable of it. Um. With that said, uh, I'll. I think it's time we head into the spoiler territory. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! This is your last chance to skip ahead, so if you don't want any spoilers, skip ahead to uh, the um, to the break, and then come back to this once you've seen the movie. But if you've seen the movie already and you don't mind the spoilers... Let's talk some spoilers because right off the bat, um, my like I said, my issues with the prequelitis stuff, uh, it, it is kind of what keeps me from overall loving this movie because they feel the need to explain how the Tesseract got to Earth and um, even the fact that it was the Tesseract that they were going ultimately going after felt like oh man, uh, okay, this, that felt like part of like the Phase One Marvel sort of thing, and then of course uh, this since. Nick Fury started with both eyes explaining, feeling like, oh, we need to explain how Nick Fury got his eye patch in this movie. No, you don't. That could be its own. That doesn't need to be explained. 
So stuff like that is why I'm not too into this movie. Um, just be- just because that kind of stuff is always kind of weighed down these movies. The fact that they need to tie in everything. Everything's connected. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. We get it. Yeah. Not everything needs to be... Not yet. We don't need to take a complete detour from the storyline in order to make sure everything gets explained, though. That's that's kind of why that's kind of the weak one of the weakest points of the MCU is the fact that everything should be explained wh- how it got there. Now for the other spoiler stuff, uh, like I mentioned in the uh, in the um, in the in the uh, review, Jan Rog, uh, Jude Law's character, does t- tie into Carol's creation of Captain Marvel, and I will say I didn't reveal who Marvel was. Uh, in that, just because I didn't want to give it away, but here, I like changing Marvel from a, uh, love interest, which is what he started off as. He started off as a love interest for Carol Danvers, and that's how, uh, and, and it's through, uh, their friendship, mutual friendship and relationship that his blood was transfused into hers, because I think that was before it was revealed he was an alien to her or something like that, but, um... I'm not familiar with comics lore, but that I, n- I remember them being a thing, especially in the um, in Carol Danvers' introduction in uh, Avengers: Earth's Mightiest Heroes. That's how it was played off as this, was that they were really they were like almost relationship level of uh, closeness before the revelation that he was an alien. Um, so I think switching it off here and making Annette Benning Marvel and making it a a relationship of admiration of like she admires and respects Marvel and it's not about uh the love of a man but a but the admiration of an older woman I think that's an interesting choice to make and I think it works for this movie the idea that Marvel was doing the same thing that Marvel the character in the comics was basically trying to end the Cree Scroll War without violence and here it's about Marvel, played by Ned Benning, uh, trying to do it through technology, and it's revealed. Interestingly enough, w- this is not your daddy scroll war. These aren't your daddy scroll. They still transform. They still do all that, but the scroll here are refugees. So, if you're familiar at all with the scroll. You expected, oh, they're introducing the scroll here? Oh, we're going to get the scroll invasion. We're going to get, get, like, the scroll queen. They could very well get that. They could very well be the scroll queen down the line. Cause, but for right now, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, who was the uh, bad guy in Rogue One, uh, he plays Talos, uh, the de facto leader of the scroll resistance, as it were. And the scroll here are revealed to be refugees trying to find a home planet and in doing so have ang- and because they've didn't submit to the Kree Empire they have been at odds so the Kree the Kree Empire wants to stamp out the scroll because of their resi- because they did not submit and the scroll just want a place away from the Kree and that's what this movie is about this movie is not it's is Carol being told, being being shown that no, the Kree have always kind of been the main enemy. I mean, the Kree have always been an, an adversary in the Marvel comics because the Kree have never been good guys. But neither of the Scrolls. The Scrolls have also kind of been bad guys. In fact, that's what the Scroll Invasion and Secret Wars was always about. Or uh, Secret Invasion, Secret Wars, that whole thing. So 
the scrolls looking for a new home, making them refugees, was a really interesting touch. It really humanizes the scrolls in a way that no other Marvel property has ever done, I don't think. Because so the scrolls are always like the invasion of the body snatchers. They're the they're the monsters hiding amongst us, so to speak. And I think making it so that they're just refugees looking for a new home and making them more sympathetic is a really interesting choice to make. And that's why I'm not I, I, I'm not compl- but at the same time, like since Talos is the de facto leader, I'm not. I'm not um, uh, going to ignore, you know, I'm not going to, uh, I forget what the word is, but I'm not going to act like the scroll invasion and the Secret Wars uh, storyline couldn't be down the line. I mean, all you have to do is introduce a scroll queen and make it so that the scrolls are kind of beholden to this new leader and then maybe introduce ideas of like resistance within the scrolls because they they know better than because they know that trusting the scroll queen will only get them more trouble and that this is not what they wanted um so that could be introduced down the line at any point so i'm not going to uh, but for right now there it doesn't look like there's going to be an immediate introduction to the secret war secret invasion thing Unless they they want to undo everything that was in this movie. Because it seemed like they wanted to make it genuine that Ben Mendelsohn as Talos didn't want war. He wanted wanted just security and safety away from the Kree. So we'll see if that's the case or not uh, in in future installments. But for right now, I think what they did with the Skrulls was really unique. It made them way more sympathetic than they ever were in the comics. And... It added a dimension to them that was never really there before. You never really saw that from the Skrulls. I mean, they were always looking for new homeworlds, but you never saw them as, like, refugees before. You only saw them as this other alien force fighting in this intergalactic war that Earth was just caught in the middle of. So, I think what they did with the Skrulls was really unique. I think um, changing Marvel to uh, be a, an older woman... Uh, in the, and someone that Carol looked up to and admired and not someone she loved romantically uh, was was, an, was a nice choice. Um, and yeah, overall, I think the origin for Carol Danvers is going to be, is really solid. Um, yeah, I, I forgot to mention Goose the Cat uh, is really cool, although the CG does make it look like Azrael from the live-action Smurf movies when it goes CG. But... Um, Overall, yeah, I, I loved Marvel, Captain Marvel, and I'm really interested to see her carry the mantle for the Marvel Cinematic Universe for now. But but we'll see what happens come next month, come Endgame. And if anybody's interested, the current I had to re- tweak the rankings for uh for the for my MCU. Uh, right now, it's still Infinity War, uh, Captain America: Civil War, Black Panther, Winter Soldier, and the event and the first Avengers are all still my top five. That hasn't changed. Uh, Iron Man, now then followed by Captain Marvel, then both Guardians of the Galaxies, then uh, Captain America: The First Avenger, then Spider Man. Ho- oh, uh, wait a minute. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I thought I thought that was weird. Uh, yeah, go, both Guardians of the Galaxy movies, then Ant Man and the Wasp, then the First Avenger, then Spider Man: Homecoming, then Thor: Ragnarok, then Doctor Strange, Ant Man, Thor: Iron Man Two. Thor The Dark World, Incredible Hulk, 
Age of Ultron and Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3 is still the worst MCU movie, in my opinion, just because I feel like it's such a wasted opportunity. And I feel like Shane Black has proven he does not do well with um, uh, licensed properties between this and The Predator. Uh, yeah, so that's current ranking of the MCU. We'll see what happens when Endgame comes out. But yeah, Captain Marvel's great, and if you haven't already, please go see it. And after this break, we're going to talk about the third anniversary and what's to come from Popcorn Junkie. Into every generation, a slayer is born. One girl in all the world. A chosen one. And alongside her are the Watchers. We are the Watchers. Once more with Feeling is a 20th anniversary Buffy fancast where we gather and watch episodes of Buffy, discuss them, and release it every Tuesday. Grr. Arg. bunch of stuff that I have in the works on Twitter, but uh, for the most part, I haven't really come forward with it, but I think it's time I should. Here's what I have planned right now for the podcast. In it, right, right now, what I would love to do and what I want to work on is boosting up Patreon and then adding Podbean as means for listeners to support the show. Um, if you haven't already, go to support uh, patreon.com slash popcornjunkie. No tier system, just whatever you can, uh, whatever kind of money you can donate to the call, to the show uh, is acceptable. Um, and, that, and you get access to uh, the extra material and future extra material, uh, early access to the, to the show. Um, and then uh, even ways to suggest material for the show. Uh, I have a whole segment that I have the bumper for whenever it comes up, uh, Patreon Corner. But uh, the, I need patrons in order to do the Patreon Corner. But uh, then I also want to do Podbean as well. I know I support um, Now Playing Podcast over on Podbean. And it's basically another way. It's a more podcast-centric uh, means of like a Patreon sort of thing. But uh, I want to try to add that. But that's also an extra $20 a month, which I can't afford at this point. So maybe once I get some extra cash rolling in, I can add on Podbean as a means to do it. And I also want to get the uh, all, all the old three years of uh, episodes uh, at, put into video form. I want to put them into video form. And I want to uh, make start adding them onto YouTube and Twitch. I want to start because... Not only what I want, do I want to upload that as another means of, you know, gaining an audience, because I know there even it's not big, but there are people who use um, YouTube and Twitch for like watching, you know, listening to podcasts in the background, and I know there are a bunch of people I follow on YouTube who have YouTube podcasts, and I want to do that because I'm looking to add video this year, namely the first first videos I'm looking to do are two retrospectives for May, which means I want to start the retrospectives in April, which means I'm crunching down to make sure that they're ready for April. And those are Poke Cinema, Gotta Watch Them All. In the lead up to Detective Pikachu, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to uh, watch 
and do a retrospective on every animated uh, Pokemon movie up to this point, ending with The Power of Us, and then... And then once Detective Pikachu and the uh, uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution uh, come on come on video, I'm going to be adding those to the retrospectives as well. So this will be an ongoing retrospective as new uh, movies enter uh, come onto video. I'll be adding them to the retrospective, and same goes for the other retrospective I'm doing for Godzilla King of the Monsters. I'm going to be doing Hail to the King. A Godzilla retrospective. And I've already got the artwork for both Poke Cinema and Hail to the King. Well, Hail to the King is done. That artwork is ready. Uh, I'm still waiting on the artwork for Poke Cinema, but. At the, but yeah, I'm excited. I've, uh, the only problem is it's such a daunting thing because I have to get all the all the video footage ready in order to edit it down. And then I've also got to watch each of the movies, which, uh, given, my, given my current schedule and given my current. Uh, Health issues has been a bit of a struggle. Uh, so I, I'm just hoping I don't falter. And I'm hoping that by announcing it here, I can get people excited and to keep give me motivation, keep giving me motivation to move forward with it and get it done by the end of March, hopefully early April. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to do those video retrospectives first. And then once I get all, once I get those done, I can also add on New ser- bring back the old series. I know that was a Patreon tier as well, but um, I think I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wait for pat- for patrons to do it. Uh, I I may wait I may wait for patrons to do it, but for right now. But uh, if you're interested at all in seeing and in, in, uh, seeing me bring back these old series, uh, the three of three of which you can see on my old Daily Motion under the Solitary Nerd DailyMotion.com/slash/TheSolitaryNerd. Uh, I, I'm, they started off as more like nostalgia critic style reviews, and I think I'm gonna go more in depth than that. I think I'm gonna go more than just make it a straight up comedy. I'm going to actually do more uh, exploring of why something failed, why something doesn't work as a sequel, and why something doesn't work as an adaptation or as or as bad as a badly done adaptation. So it's not gonna be a straight up comedy thing. It's gonna be more introspective than that. And then I also want to add in a fourth series. So every week would be what first week would be epic fail, second week would be sequelitis, third week would be bad adaptation, fourth week of every month would be a new series called Why I Love. So it would be Why I Love Bambi, Why I Love UHF, Why I Love Wreck It Ralph, Why I Love The Avengers, Why I Love X, Why I Love This, Why I Love This Movie. So uh, I'm looking, and so that would be just basically, as much as I'm tearing down and critiquing bad movies, I would want to be doing a, a series about exploring what I love, what I love about the movies that I love. So that's what I, that's the impetus for that series. So I, I would hope to do why I love down the line, all these videos, I think I'm going to hold off until the retrospectives are done, just so I can focus on them as well. And then there was one more I wanted to add, but I'm not sure whether or not to do it as a video series or as a or as a side podcast that goes into this channel. And that is Jukebox Theory. I'm debating whether or not to make it a podcast or make it a video series, uh, a la Todd of the Shadows, 
because I've always been I've I've been I was a music major in college. I've always had my thoughts on music, and I think this is uh this is a this is a subject that hasn't really been this is you know this is a format that hasn't really been done, and that is exploring what we exploring certain topics through the like I know I think movies with Mikey does this as well, but exploring topics through um, a song. So the first episode would be, um, uh, crap. Um, uh, my, my mind is blanking on me at the moment. Um, the first episode would be, um, I'll make love to you by boys to men and non-toxic masculinity. So the topic would be not, would be toxic masculinity and how I'll make love to you exhibits a non-toxic form of masculinity. Other topics would be like uh, cover songs by using "Hurt" by Johnny Cash. Um, I would probably cover like uh, protest music or something. Over, I'll be covering overarching themes in society, in the music industry. Over, I would be covering an overarching topic through the lens of a song. So um, that's something I would love to do down the line. But once again, I'm not sure what I need to figure out whether it works better as a podcast or works as an audio podcast or would work better as a video essay. And I think I may do it as a podcast just to, just to lighten the load on video stuff, just because that one, I, I did not last long on video editing because I didn't plan ahead long enough. So I don't know if I want to make that much video content up front. I may do it as a, as an audio podcast, but that's kind of what I have in store for the popcorn junkie. I want to see myself expand and grow further, and the only way to do that is with the help of an audience. So if you if you yourself are an audience member and you have some even a dollar to spare per month, donate to the Patreon, and you and you can even gain gain you can gain access to the extra material. You can also um, help support the sh- by helping support the show. I'll give you a voice and allow you to pick content for me to review. I'll, and, and I would see that as a way to check out like older movies that I've never got that I'll never get the chance to see because I'm tying so, so much is tied into what's in theaters. So if you have a suggestion of something I want to I should review, if you want me to review it, good or bad, uh, you can do so. You can suggest it through Patreon. You can be a pa- become a patron and suggest content for me to review, and I'll do it in Patreon Corner. And uh, yeah, I really I would love to see this podcast become my main source of income honestly just because i'm not gonna lie uh i'm <laughs> uh but i my track record with work has been so terrible and this is what i want to do but the only way to make it something that i that i make a living doing is through i don't is, is through an audience and so it's through share this with your friends share this with with uh people with you know p- people you think would be interested in hearing uh, a movie podcast. Share this with people, you know, share this with whomever on your social media and whatnot. Whenever I say that at the end, I mean that. I mean that. Share this and let people know that you like the show. And that's the only way people are going to hopefully discover it. And then I'm hoping down the line, once I get through the the task of going through all the Godzilla movies and Pokemon movies, and then I'm ready for video content i'm hopefully hopefully hoping that will direct direct an even newer audience to me 
And that's why I also want to get videos, videos form, a video format ready for the podcast and then upload it as sort of like an extra archive for, um, the, for the episodes on both Twitch and, uh, YouTube. So I'm hoping to add those down the line, but that's going to take a, that's a insert. That's a lot of work to do. And unfortunately, uh, so much of what I have to do is going to be devoted to just getting by with my day job until then. So it's going to be stuff I have to do in my spare time. But, uh, but yeah, you know, you've heard this story before my spare time. I'm most of my spare time is spent just, just trying to decompress from work and not, and sadly not doing a lot of the stuff for the podcast. That's why I would love for this to be my main focus rather than a day job that I'm not particularly enthralled about that doesn't really spark joy to to quote Marie Kondo but at the same time the thing that does spark joy doesn't um pay any bills <laughs> sadly uh so until then yeah I'm hoping to expand later so hopefully later this year if April comes and you don't see the retrospectives then then that's a problem I may do them I may do them late just because I want to get them out but for right now um yeah, look forward to April sometime in April getting uh, Poke Cinema and Hail to the King ready for YouTube and Twitch, and those will both be on Twitch.tv slash Popcorn Junkie and YouTube.com slash Popcorn Junkie podcast. I think uh, I'll I'll get the actual links uh, ready once the once the channels are are good and ready. But uh, yeah, and then I'll I'll just use them as a way to also. Archive at older older episodes in case uh, Libsyn, you know, as, a, as as something outside of like Libsyn or uh, Squarespace. So, so so once those hit YouTube, uh, I'll make an announcement so that uh, you know, and I'll let people know that this is where we're at. I would love to upload like once I get it, once I get it down to uh, once I get the format down for the video. Because I know it's going to be mainly my logo on the one side, and then maybe the movie poster of what I'm reviewing on the other, and then the uh, and then the title, and then like a, the title thing, the title art at the top, the title you know the title um, font at the top, and then I th- I definitely want the uh, audio wave format, audio wave going off in the background, uh, give it more of a vi- visual element. Um, so once I figure all that out, uh, expect those on YouTube, and I want to get them. Once I get the format down, I can just plug and play all the stuff and upload them, and so just start mass uploading them as they co- as they finish rendering. So hopefully, I can get caught up by the end of the year. But yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to doing with the Popcorn Junkie podcast. So expect that stuff down the line. And if you want to help out, you can always do so by do- by donating to Patreon, and hopefully f- in the future, download uh, de- donating to Podbean as well. Just if you have the extra money and you can spare, uh, you can spare some. You know, be sure to leave it a little bit in, in my you know podcaster's ha- panhandling hat because I would love to, for this to become a. I would love for this to become a main. My main source of income and my job, as it were. That's what I would really want. But the only way to do that is to have an audience willing to support me. 
whether it's through their own donations or for putting up or through, or putting up with ads. And the only way for at, for me to bring on ads is if there's more than a thousand, which we're definitely not there yet. So we'll see come down the line if I can start adding some sort of ads and then do ad free stuff on Patreon as well. But for right now, uh, th- uh, thank you for supporting me for so long. And if you have the means to support me in the future, great. Uh, otherwise, keep keep listening, keep sharing. That you, you don't have to pay to uh, for the pod, you know, for the podcast to help me out. All you have to do is share it with your friends and let people know that you like the show. Like I say at the end of every episode. So that's what we're so with three years behind us and looking ahead to the future. Uh, I think we're I think we're looking all right. I mean, we, this is the longest I've sustained a creative outlet. For myself, because I didn't last an entire, I didn't even last a year with video stuff. I think I lasted one year with text reviews, and then I collapsed under myself, and I couldn't get back into video editing for the longest time. So I think by doing a podcast, I'm I'm able to do it with with as much um, I'm I'm able to do it frequently. I'm able to do it consistently, whereas video editing takes a lot out of me. And it's a, it's a lot of effort that people forget to th- forget about it, to put in that much effort into video editing. It is it's a it's like a day's work to get all of the video editing done, especially if you're doing a really long form video. So yeah, it 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 I don't begrudge any of the guys that I tried to emulate back in the day for lasting as long as they did on their shows. But yeah, three years on a podcast that's not too bad. So here's to looking forward to hopefully expanding that into uh, into a YouTube channel, but we'll see. Um, so with that, with that, all that being said, let's uh, take a look at how this uh, weekend's box office did, shall we? And now the popcorn junkie checks in with this week's box office report. So with the only new release being one of the most anticipated movies of the year, uh, I think we can assume what number one is. But leading up to that, uh, actually the top seven has remained fairly stagnant. Uh, Fighting With My Family dropped from five to eight. So that's out of the top seven. But Isn't Romantic stayed at number seven with $2.4 million, bringing its overall domestic gross up to forty-four. Million dollars, and uh, hopefully, some of the so that means it's made back some of its budget. Not a lot of the marketing, though, because I remember it was like 30 some odd million dollars to make. And uh, hopefully, they can use some of that money that to uh, pay back Lindsay Ellis for illegal use of her likeness. <laughs> uh, fun that was a fun thing to find out, anyway. Uh, moving onward to number six, we've got Green Book staying in at number six, bringing in 2.4 million dollars. Making its domestic gross $80 million and its overall worldwide gross $242 million. Wholly undeserved, but whatever. It is what it is. Dropping down from number three to number five is Alita Battle Angel, which brought in $3.2 million this weekend and bringing its domestic gross up to $78 million and its overall worldwide gross up to $382 million. And most of that seems to be coming from China, $63 million from China. Uh, opening weekend, and so far from China, it's been $113 million, so oh, China is digging this movie, and I can understand why it's much, I mean, it's steeped much more in 
uh, in the manga. Like, I'm sure they have more familiarity with it than over here, since manga and anime is much more niche over here. But hey, it's 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 an obvious success, so we'll see if they end up doing a sequel or if they hold off for a while. We'll uh, only time will tell. Uh, Staying at number four is Lego Movie Two: The Second Part, bringing in three point eight million dollars, bringing its domestic gross up to ninety seven million dollars and its worldwide gross up to one hundred sixty four million. Uh, it cost ninety nine million to make. I remember that, so it's a little. It's not doing too great. It's still way behind uh, Batman and the first Lego Movie, which is understandable because I think there just isn't that much hype for a second Lego Movie. I think people. I think people could could kind of see that it wasn't going to be as as amazing as that first one. It, there's definitely something else that, lesser to it. Dropping down from uh, number two to number three is Tyler Perry's Medea Family Funeral, bringing in $12 million this weekend, bringing its domestic gross up to $45.8 million, and a little extra from the foreign market, says like 200000 from the foreign market, so it's overall $46 million. I mean, Medea makes its money. Medea makes its money no matter what, so we'll see how it ends up in the pantheon of Medea movies by the end. Uh, number one... From last week has dropped to number two. How to Turn Your Dragon: The Hidden World has brought in fourteen point six million dollars, bringing its domestic gross up to one hundred nineteen point six million dollars, and its worldwide gross up to four hundred and thirty six point eight million dollars. A massive success, and hopefully they don't use that success to justify more movies because that would be terrible. We don't want another Toy Story four on our hands, so I think we're good ending the story here. Maybe prequels. Maybe something like maybe maybe like the early days of uh of the of this world maybe uh like a of like a actual sort of uh fantastic beast and where to find them story thing where it's about the guy who chronicles about the dragons from his point of view but we get to see what it's actually like uh I know they did a short that was their first uh animated short they did uh for the for the DVD and uh or maybe something from the mom's point of view we do like we tell like a story that takes place uh in her backstory between the time when she was uh study between the time when she was uh taken to the dragons and uh she finds hiccup so i don't know there are ways to continue the franchise without continuing the story forward ideally this is where you end it so we'll see what happens next and then of course uh captain marvel premiered at number 1 Earning 153 million dollars this weekend uh, domestically and opening worldwide its its first weekend with 456 million dollars. So we compare that to the opening uh, release opening weekends of ever. Okay, th- a valid chart ID. Thanks. Uh, let's take so opening for for uh, Black Panther was 202 million dollars. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War were 257 million dollars. Uh, wait, hold on. 153. So, yeah, world. I let's take a look at worldwide uh, openings for them. I was gonna say, so yeah, um, where's uh, as far as openings go, this is number seven behind Iron Man 3. Uh, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Age of Ultron, Black Panther, Avengers, and Infinity War. So, it's not, it's still top ten, but, uh, there's definitely, I think the fact that a lot, I mean, let's face it, the, the only one that was not built up to, like Captain America Civil War or the Avengers movies, 
was Black Panther. So it's, I mean, $153 million. That, that's already its budget. It made back its budget back alone domestically in the United States. So, um, ticket price on adjusted gross. Where's the foreign markets? Where do we, where do we have the foreign markets? Hold on. Marvel Cinematic Universe. How do we get uh, the foreign markets? Just for ticket. Here we go. Worldwide. Worldwide adjusted. $453 million puts Captain Marvel currently behind Ant-Man. But that's Ant-Man after its entire run. So, unfortunately, we don't see... They don't let you organize, like, opening weekend worldwide. But, yeah. Uh, that's our... It's already, I mean, already Captain Marvel is doing well for itself. And it's, and it's only the first of the three cinematic universe movies for the year. So we'll see what happens come Endgame. But I'm definitely hyped. And, and, it's def and I do think uh, Captain Marvel has shown that people are itching for some kick-ass female superheroines. I think Wonder Woman showed that. And I think Captain Marvel is a great follow-up for that. And I think Captain Marvel is a great equivalent for Wonder Woman in her universe, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, at least. So we'll see uh, how the, how she becomes. See, we'll see what happens with her character and with everyone else come Endgame next month. But ah, uh, I'm I'm excited. That's nice. It's good to see. Good to see success. And we'll see. And I think this is going to be the one to dominate all of March. Maybe us can top it because I know there's people hyped for uh, um, Jordan Peele's stuff. But we'll see. So that was the week that was, so next week, take a look to the week ahead in Trailer Talk. Coming this summer. It's Trailer Talk. Rated R starts Friday. We have three new releases coming up this weekend, but none of them I don't think will be able to top Captain Marvel. Uh, so let's take a look at what we've got. First up, the latest uh, uh, illness exploitation, disease exploitation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, basically, basically ever since the uh, ever since the success of the Fault in Our Stars, there's been uh, young adult writers and Hollywood producers trying to exploit that success. And this is the latest one, starring one of my favorite upcoming actresses, Haley Lou Richardson, and Cole Sprouse, uh, fresh off his success from Riverdale. So, so let's take a look at that trailer. I wanted to introduce myself. I'm Will Newman. Six feet apart at all times, you both know the rules. Let me guess. You're the kind of guy that ignores the rules because it makes you feel uncomfortable. She looks unrecognizable. I've known, like, I'm so familiar with her more glamorized look, but I think, but the way they've done her makeup and whatnot, she, she, I don't recognize her at all. People with cystic fibrosis aren't supposed to get within six feet because we could end up catching each other's bacteria. Nothing's going to save our lives, Stella. We're breathing borrowed air. No, I refuse to believe that. Can I see your regimen? What is this? You're making me crazy. Baby, it hits the mm. world. We're gonna do our treatments together, so that way I know you're actually doing Baby, them. Baby, you left your mark. Always looking for ways to spend more time with me, aren't you, still? 
Don't tell me the one time you're interested in some guy. He's also got CF. Ugh. I like seeing you like this. Like what? Hopeful. This spring. Why did I pack anything nice? I will fight. Oh, because you always pack for a hot hospital romance. I will fight for you. God, you're beautiful. You're brave. Wish I could touch you. Stay away. Six feet at all times. I got it. Catches infection and you can kiss new lungs goodbye. When life forces you apart. We're not normal kids. We don't get to take chances like this. Love only grows stronger. I've been living for my treatments instead of doing my treatments so that I can live. And I want to live. Haley Lou Richardson. Cole Sprouse. I want us to be with you. After all that CF is stolen from me, I don't mind stealing something back. Oh God, I think I can already tell what the uh, what the twist is going to be. Closer. Five feet apart. Hey. I don't even know if the book is any good because I'm guessing this is based on a book. But even if the book isn't good, God, this trailer makes me sick. Like, genuinely sick to think about just how exploitive they are. Uh, Because they don't really care about having cystic fibrosis. Okay, so, like, here's here's one of the top comments on the trailer. Uh, some guy uh, posted he has uh, cystic fibrosis, and his concern is that it seems to be so heavily dramatizing the health of those of us with cystic fibrosis as if our entire lives are either spent throwing all caution to the wind or living completely obsessed with CF every second of every day, as if the disease is what defines us as people. Yes, I do three hours of treatments and take over 100 pills each day. Yes, I spent my teenage years thinking I wouldn't live past 25. Yes, I'll luckily die a decade earlier than my family and friends. But all those things also made me a really interesting person with beautiful perspectives on life. I used all those hours doing treatments every day, teaching myself skills, so now, so I now run my own business. I have an incredible and supportive wife and great friends. I'm not my disease, and I have a lot to live for. I'm really glad this film is bringing awareness to the disease. More awareness equals more money for CF research, equals clo- closer to finding a cure. But I'm afraid of... The, afraid the heavy dramatization and romanticizing of two CF teens making really foolish decisions as if that's what it means to live life fully may just contribute to the idea that those of us with CF are nothing beyond our disease. We will see. I, that pretty much hits the nail on what my issue, one of my biggest issues is with disease exploitation. Uh, I don't know if it's got another name, but I, that's the best thing I can come up with. Disease exploitation romance movies. Uh, basically anything that's re- trying real too hard to be the vault in our stars and not, and focusing so much on how terrible the disease is when the fault in our stars wasn't about the cancer. It wasn't about having cancer. It was about the characters and the characters in these movies are never that interesting. Ultimately, like the characters in the fault in our stars were genuinely interesting people. And the characters in the everything that's followed up the Fault in Our Stars has been have been bland. Insert your this is you. You're the, the basically some kind of weird, sick avatar for the audience. It's so bizarre, and I and I don't like it. So we'll see what what happens when that comes out. If it's going to be any good. Uh, next up is the late is Paramount Pictures and Nickelodeon's newest animated movie, Wonder Park. 
haven't seen that in a while, but let's take a look at the trailer. Uh, this is also the trailer. This is the last trailer, the one that also premiered during the Super Bowl. So let's take a look. Good morning, June Bailey. Oh, God, she has my last name. it couldn't be done they who's they it's just an expression don't bust me on a technicality wait, wait, wait. Uh-oh. i never want you to stop using your imagination but without wrecking the neighborhood do you ever feel like wonder park is real of course uh, it could be. You can create. I'm always a bit imagine. weirded out when oh, the actress playing a uh, young kid this is year. just does not sound the right age. Some actresses can pull it off, but some always imagined. I'm in Wonder Park. Yeah, kids' trailers are always weirdly edited. Came to life. What is going on around here? The chimpanzee zombies are tearing apart the park. We need to fight back. Oh no. Seems I have backed into the middle of something. Backing out? Beep. Beep. On March 15th. It's time to bring Wonder Park back to life. Who's with me? Ow! I still believe in you. <laughs> if you can imagine it, you can ride it. The Sky Flinger. The Fantastic Fish Carousel. Awkward. Zero G Land. I'm more of a two feet on the ground kind of guy. And the Wonder Coaster. You guys did block the wheels, right? Oh, that's what this is for. Oops. Kitty Thompson could be fun. I'm really interested to see what he does with all that. Turn of events for us all. Wonder Park. Brace for impact. <laughs> Everyone look away. I'm going to throw up. In theaters, March 15th. See, as a teenager, she sounds fine, but for some reason, the voice of the of her as the kid doesn't sound right. It sounds like it's too old to be playing a kid character, which is you know not, obviously not the case. Plenty of adult. I mean, Tara Strong is like. 10 year is like tw- is like 10 years older than me, maybe more, maybe like 15 years older than me, and she's been playing babies for most of her career. So, I mean, the age isn't a problem, but the way your voice sounds, that's usually what the um voice voice director is for to determine make sure that you sound appropriate for the character you're playing. But we'll see. Uh it could be an- another really annoying uh kid kids movie or it could be a solid uh, kid entertainment movie. We'll see when it comes out. Uh, and then last one that I thought was one that I swore was coming for Netflix, but it it it's uh, coming to theaters, and that is Captive State. I don't know why I kept thinking this was coming to Netflix. Maybe it's because it was for Netflix International or something. Uh, but let's take a look at the trailer. You got to pick a side. John Goodman. That's always good. You and I both Man. know those days are gone. 
You have a choice to make. Work for me. Human access restricted. We don't have much time. Before first contact, we were fighting. After ten years of occupation. We needed the legislators to show us a better way. They're protecting us from anarchy. Tell our friends down below they got our full operational support. Harmony, peace. It's a lie. Some chose cooperation. What do you want me to do? Others chose resistance. We're facing a full-blown insurgency. From the director of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Ooh. The networks communicate. They're playing at something big. The team goes tonight. You ready? No one gets taken alive. Hello, Gabriel. You have a job to do. This March, every revolution need to spark. It's like I said, those days are gone. Ooh. Yeah, the alien designs look really solid in this. Captive state. Uh, I doubt this is going to be along the lines of, say, uh, like a District 13. Uh, oh, no, District 9. I'm thinking of District B-13, the uh, parkour movie from France. Uh but yeah, I, I, I don't know if this will be as good as District 9 was, but uh, it definitely is going for that vibe, and it's definitely tackling into a big theme when it comes to Alien Invasion, which is, do we, it is the, is the, is the chaos that comes with our freedom worth giving, is our freedom worth giving up to get rid of the chaos that comes with it? You know, if, an, if a much more powerful force comes in and brings us order is that worth is that worth giving up our freedom for it and that's all that's been a long-standing um you know debate for some people because some people don't aren't because like some freedoms some people are willing to give up in order to maintain some level of normalcy that you don't get that you don't that they aren't getting nowadays but yeah, but it's very clear that this that this invading force doesn't have their best interests at heart, and there's something else going on. So we'll see when it comes out. Uh, hopefully, it'll come out near me, but we'll see um, how it ter- how it fares compared to things like District Nine, like um, Arrival, like a lot of the other um, uh, alien invasion movies that have come out recently. If it'll be as any good, or if it'll just be a mi- more of a middling sort of movie. I'm, I, I'm, it's hard to tell. Just because John Goodman's in it doesn't mean anything anymore. Because he could be in something great or something really terrible, but he's the best thing in it. So it's it, have, act, the actors themselves don't say whether or not the movie's any good. The uh, directors and the writers are, and I'll have to look to see who the writer is. 
before I make any real judgments. Mm. Uh, any rate, uh, that's what we got looking up to uh, this week. And with all that being said, this episode's almost coming to a close, which means it is time for the plugs. If you are listening to this podcast, you're most likely listening to us on our homepage at GummyCatNetworks.com. And if you want to keep up to date on all the new episodes as they come out, you can do so by by favoriting us on your browser and whitelisting us on your ad blocker. And not only check out all of our new episodes every Monday, but check out all the other cool stuff on our network. Uh, The next episode of Living in the Stacks will be coming out on Friday about Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe. You can check check that out. And then you can also check out uh, all all of Donna's stuff over at Snarkasts. Uh, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, The Family Business, Once More with Feeling. Mike and I have been talking about restarting Majide pretty soon once he, once things have calmed down on his end. I mean, not only, I mean, it's been a while. I haven't brought it up. He, he's doing fine after the fire. Uh, you know, as far as I can tell, nothing is bad on that end. But he is in the middle of film school and doing his, uh, doing one of, I think he's doing his final, uh, student film. Uh, or maybe just his first student film. He's doing a student film, point is. And so he's busy with that. (laughs) So... After the after the devastation of the fire, he and his wife are doing okay, and he's all, now he's in the midst of working on his student film, and he's so he's going to be busy with that. So he and I are going to pro- probably retool Majide a bit uh, and try it again. To, but he he and I, he and I are both super excited to try and bring it back once we have once we have the time. And then uh, I know plenty of new people have been discovering uh, uh, Phantom of the Podcast. I'll have to talk with Vanessa. If she's up for doing another one of those, bringing in a new host or something, but uh, I don't want to leave people hanging with that because they're obviously loving. They obviously love the show for as short-lived as it was. So I'm hoping we can try and bring that back down the line. But I don't know if I can bring it back with my current schedule, just because I'm so because my day job has kind of uh, taken up most of my most of my schedule. But we'll see. Uh, and. And if you yourself are a podcaster and would like to join our lovely network, uh, you can do you can send us a message at gumbycatnetworks at gmail.com and let us know. We'll check out your stuff and see if you're a good fit. We'd love to have more podcasters come join us. Um, otherwise, if we want to check out the show, uh, we're available through all your various podcast providers. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, uh, hopefully Podbean and YouTube, as I mentioned. Uh, you can also... Uh, you can also, so if you leave a five-star rating and review on those and uh, let people know that you like the show, they should ca- check it out as well. If you if you really like the show and you want to support us, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com slash popcornjunkie. Gain access to all the extra features that are there, the ten episodes each of Making a Better Movie and uh, and uh, The Munch Along. And you can also, once you're a patron, suggest new content for me to review. If there is there a movie you want to hear my thoughts on that I haven't covered already, you can you can send you can send that in as a suggestion as a patron over on Patreon.com/slash Popcorn Junkie. And then you'll also gain early access to the new episodes as they come out, and then uh, hopefully the new video stuff at, uh, earlier than uh, everyone else. But we'll see. We'll we'll have to wait and see about that as I get further along. Uh, and then, uh, if there's anything else you want to say to me, any kind of feedback you want to give, your thoughts on Captain Marvel, your thoughts on the spoiler stuff, uh, what your thoughts are for what's to come and whatnot, what, anything like that nature, uh, or if you, or if you have any suggestions, what do you think of, would you rather listen to, uh, Jukebox Theory or would you rather, uh, would you rather be a video? Would you rather watch it? 
Uh, send all that to popcornjunkiepodcast at gmail.com. I would love to introduce an audience uh, comment section, but uh, I, I need you. I need everyone to be uh, to be uh, active in that for it to be a an, for an ongoing segment. But for right now, if you have any thoughts and you want to share them, send them to popcornjunkiepodcast at gmail.com. And if you want me to read it out on the show, leave it, leave it in either the subject line or in the message that you give me explicit permission to use this message in its entirety. Otherwise, I'll simply just paraphrase. But yeah, that about does it for this week. And uh, until next time, I'm John Bailey. And hopefully this next year will be our best one yet. I just jinxed it, didn't I? The theme song for Popcorn Junkie is Funky Popcorn by The M. Look up Funky Popcorn by the letter M on SoundCloud for more of their music. Artwork provided by Nafio. N-A-F-Y-O. Look up nafio.deviantart.com for more of his artwork. And uh, hopefully they can use some of that money to, uh, hold on, I'm getting a phone call. Be right back. Let's take a look at the trailer for Five Feet Apart. All right, let's take a look at the trailer once I refresh everything. Hold on.